Real Fun DC. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hi, everybody. It's Nikki Nellis, and thank you for joining me again on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. A little background on me. Uh, I've been covering the DC food and wine scene for the last 18 years. You may know the list, are you on it.com, the online e-zine that lists every food and wine event going on in the DC metro area. And if you think things aren't happening, you would be wrong. There is still so much going on in the DC area, especially in the restaurant and the hospitality industry. Um, and I beg you to check out the site, but not only that, to really support the restaurants right now because they are hurting, and while hopefully December will be good for them, I feel that January and February could be really dark. So when you're thinking about ordering, please think of calling your neighbors and calling your friends and saying, hey, let's go in together uh, and create bigger orders to help support those restaurants that we love the most. Uh, so there's tons of information on the site, like uh, Hanukkah, Feast of Seven Fishes, Christmas, area light shows, holiday markets. You can dine out in yurts and igloos and parklets. All that fun information is all on there, along with every single night, there are virtual classes and ways to engage with your favorite uh, restaurants and those in the food community. Of course, you hear me every Sunday on Foodie and the Beast. I do that show with my husband, David. We just celebrated 12 years on air. Every week, we have a food and wine variety show that is used to be filled with uh, food and booze, but it's still lots of fun and always entertaining. And then lastly, every now and again, you hear me on WTOP. I'm still doing roundups for them. And of course, you're following me on social media because everybody's on social media at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So today's show is your winter holiday has been activated. So in years past, we definitely saw some outdoor uh, activations, the buzz term of, of 2019, uh, happening all around the city, whether it was at Prestige or uh, outdoor fun in the colder months. But with COVID um, and what's happening for restaurants, more and more dining has to be happening outside. So I brought together a group of people who are executing ways uh, that are really doable and safe. But we also wanted to talk about the holidays because this is a time of year that people really get out and wanna go shopping and uh, you know, there's no new normal at the moment. So. Uh, we're definitely talking about holiday markets and ways that you can help the locals most. So today's guest, uh, Paul Carlson, old friend, you know him from Lulu Wine Garden and the Royal. Uh, Mike Berman with Diverse Markets Management, he is part of the team behind the holiday market that is huge every year in DC. Um, Anna Valero, she is from Hook Hall. She's done some amazing things to help out people during this pandemic, but she's also launching a Viking village and we're gonna find out whatever the hell that is. And uh, Tom Frank is joining us. Um, he is part of the group that put together MoCo Marketplace and it's a really cool venture and way to engage in Montgomery County with um, artisans and retail. So first, uh, Paul, hi. Hi, how are you, Nikki? Uh, great, how are you doing? We're doing well, as best as we can be during this holiday season. Well, so for those who don't know, let's do a little 411 on both 
uh, Lulu's because Lulu's is is new. Did you open during the pandemic? No, we opened. Ooh, it seems like just a couple of weeks before uh, right, mid February right. of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you had really good timing. So, uh, <laughs> so you opened, but you've had the Royal for years. Let's talk a little bit about the Royal, uh, what it is, so people can be acquainted with it, and talk a little bit about Lulu's, and then your creativity to execute these outdoor spaces is amazing. So I want to get into that, but let's start with the who, what, where, when, and why. Perfect. Yeah. So Royal is located in LaJoy Park, uh, right on the corner of Fifth and Florida Avenue, uh, Northwest. Uh, Royal opened about five years ago. Our concept was to be coffee shop during the day, cocktail bar at night, and uh, and have a kitchen that just served good food for our neighborhood, our community. Uh, that was Shaw and LaJoy Park. Um, over the course of the last five years, it's been it's been a really an amazing ride. Um, we've been recognized by Michelin Bib Gourmand um, every year that they've been in the city. Uh, we just won Cocktail Program of the Year from Restaurant Association, and we were uh, Casual Restaurant of the Year last year. So it's been a really, really an awesome experience with Royal, especially for being such a small establishment. Um, and if I can then, just you know, add to it as a, um, I mean, not a regular right now, but when I was in the city 18 times a day, you know, the Royal really is a lovely place to grab a bite, grab a coffee, grab a cocktail, but your food was not um, simple. It was a real executed program. Yeah, it is. Um, the inspiration of the food is uh, Latin American, particularly Colombian inspired as that is my background and the other members of the ownership group, which is my family, my immediate family uh, are of Colombian background as well. So we really wanted to show a type of cuisine that wasn't very uh, regularly seen um, in the DC area. <laughs> and, but we've been able to execute those dishes probably in a very a much more, I don't, I don't want to say sophisticated way, but we really just wanted to highlight quality ingredients, quality technique, execution, um, and just showcase a, just a diverse form of food. Um, and people have just really, really loved our food. Um, and we're just so honored that people have just, just gravitated to us. And it's, it's just been a fantastic experience. Okay. Um, Next, Lulu's. Tell me about Lulu's. So Lulu's is is uh, is the baby. Um, Lulu's was open in February. Uh, it's it's the location of 1940 11th Street and U Street, which prior to that was Vinoteca, which was a restaurant that I owned and operated for 13 years. Um, but in the Lulu's concept, having that location, we just wanted to completely transform it to something new and exciting. Um, so to do that project. Um, I collaborated with my wife, Brittany, and our uh, chef de cuisine over at Royal brought him in uh, to help us kind of recreate the identity of what is now Lulu's. Um, it is still a wine bar, but the idea of it is to be a wine version of a beer garden. So a lot of outdoor spaces wanted to make the style of service a little bit simpler, but wanted to showcase a lot of variety and simple ordering to be able to, to be able to showcase a lot of different wines. And then from a food perspective, you know, my wife is uh, from the Southwest, she's from Arizona, chef is from uh, New Mexico, and I being a uh, Hispanic origin, like we just love those flavors of that part of the world. And we just really wanted to showcase the spices and the peppers and the flavors and the aromas that come with food that comes that gravitates from Latin America and the Southwest. So that is our, our little bit of our focus there. Um, what and, about the wines? Are there wines focused? Uh, uh, what's the wine program like? Because Vinoteca had a 
pretty expansive wine program. It, it did. Uh, really, what we wanted to target was to make our wine list extremely approachable by making everything one price. So our, our main focus was we want to sell bottles. We wanted to attract groups. Uh, we wanted to have communal seating. Um, but we sell all of our bottles for $49. Uh, we do have some options by the glass. Uh, and then we have a higher end kind of like secret list. Um, but I really the attraction. Secret list. I feel like I should know the secret <laughs> list, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I'll text it to you so you can have it and watch it and look at it. So, um, but really was to make that very approachable. Make guess people have a lot of different bottles on their table and share with their, their friends. Um, and we focused on uh, wines from all over the world, but uh, knowing that we did have our cuisine from the Southwest and Latin America, we did want it to bring in a number of wines uh, that came from Mexico, actually. Um, so uh, my wife and I uh, spent some time there after we got married, and we just got to experience a lot of amazing wines that were grown in Mexico. And so we were like, we want to have some of these in our list too. So. I love that. And I do love wines from Mexico. There's some really amazing ones out there. There are. Okay. There are. So you open Lulu's and you have the Royal. Everybody's got all these plans in place for, you know, 2020. Woohoo. Bang. It's over. So what did you do to get to these, uh, to your outdoor um, activations for lack of a better term? I'm hoping maybe Mike later can give me a better term than uh than activation, but you know, you really just laid out these these gorgeous structures, um, so much so that people. I mean, people were talking about it, and I don't mean like people like us in the industry were talking about it. I mean like people are talking about it. They came to you, they asked you what you were doing. So, what was your vision, and how did you t make it happen? Yeah, I think first off, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to to really give thanks to our city officials and a lot of the local organizations. They did a lot of work to provide. Yay, yes. Somebody needs to give the ladies of that restaurant association a big hug from all of us and a prize and some sort of recognition because, to be quite honest with you, uh, they moved mountains to be able to give us uh, an opportunity to survive. Um, things that you're seeing now, like streeteries, were never things that were options before. Uh, but now, um, and I, we know that they're not permanent. Uh, we know that they are somewhat uh, temporary. Um, but really a big thank you to them for at least giving us a shot, um, you know. Uh, but when those things were give, uh, provided to us from some grant money to be able to prepare for the winter, uh, the ability to have outdoor seating on streeteries or expanded public spaces or whatever that was, um, we knew that um, COVID was not going to be a sprint. It was going to be a marathon. Mm -hmm. um, and that meant that we needed to, whatever um, execution that we did to our patios, we had to prepare ourselves that this was not going to be two months, three months, and potentially not even just one winter. Uh, it was going to be probably more than that as we got used to this kind of new life that we're living in. Um, and there were a lot of risks in the decisions that we made. Um, we went out and did a little bit more of a structural build out to our streeteries. Um, but that was a risk we were willing to take because the investments of our dollars could have been blown away by us if it was a tent, you know? So we're like, if we're no, going to do this, smart, smart, let's smart. do it right. Right. Look at what uh, happened to Cork Market, you know? She, yeah. Somebody drove in to her tents, but it was the wind yeah. that blew it yeah. away. Let's talk about what it looks like. Um, Cause you have some really cool things that you're offering. Um, 
like, I, I, I think it's so smart to have people buy the blankets as opposed to giving blankets because you know you're never yeah. getting them back. So let's just talk about some of the things that are that people can experience when they're at the Royal or at Lulu's. Of course. So in, in, when we uh, activated our patios, we did want to make them look like they were a regular dining room too. So part of the decor and the activation was to make them aesthetically feel like they were. So at Royal, there's rugs under your table. There's a light fixture over your over your over your table. Um, but on top of that, there were certain amenities. We we wanted to provide people an opportunity to buy a blanket if they came unprepared and the weather was cold. So we have very affordable blankets at both locations that people can buy. Um, cocktails, um, you know, we like everybody. We are all trying to find ways of being creative. Uh, we came up with an extensive list of cocktails that can be offered at both places, but we're offering them in thermoses so that people can keep their beverage warm. Um, and uh, those are available at both locations with very creative theme-oriented cocktails based on both locations. Um, but those were the primary things that we wanted to provide, just amenities. But, you know, streeteries can be streeteries. You are on the street, but it was more about allowing people the opportunity to feel like it was just a regular dining experience and both of our locations and due to COVID we were just limited inside. So we just wanted people to feel outside what, if they were going out and taking a risk to go dine out, we wanted it to feel like it were dining at a restaurant and not at a table on the street. And so that's why we did the amenities. That's why we went as extensively as we could in outfitting our streeteries. Well, I, um, Cannot wait to get down there and experience it myself. I want to thank please. you for joining me today, Paul. Tell everybody, please, one more time where they can find Lulu's and where they can find the Royal. Of course. Lulu's is located at 1940 11th Street, right on the corner of 11th and U Northwest. Um, and uh, the Royal's located in the LaDroy Park neighborhood in Shaw, and that's at the corner of 5th Street and Florida Avenue. You can also find us online and on social media, and we just look forward to Seeing everybody and everybody having a safe holiday. So thank you. Thanks so thank you, much. Nikki. Uh, so this is Nikki Nellis. You can find all that information about Lulu's and the wine garden on the list are you on it.com. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, you're gonna find out about the holiday market and what you're missing. It's industry night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. <sighs> now back to industry night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back. Hi, it's Nikki Nellis on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. Did you know you can ask Alexa to hear me? Just say, hey, Alexa, play Industry Night on Real Fun DC, and I will fill your ears. Lucky you. So we're back on our show, and today we are talking about your winter being activated. And there's so much fabulous happenings around the city, not just as a way to enjoy the holiday season, but also as a way to enjoy the winter. So every year, the holiday market for 16 years uh, winds up being downtown. And it is a collection of fabulous artisans and uh, foods and uh, gifts. And it's, it's, a, it's a tradition in our family. We all go down every year. We just love it. And I was really wondering what was going to happen this year. Um, and I got Mike Berman with me. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hi, Nikki, how are you? Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, so Mike, you are with uh, the company called Diverse Markets Management. And you guys have, have rolled out the markets every year, 16 years, right? So yep. we have a 
we have a full 10 minutes. So can you tell us a little bit about like sort of the idea of the market, where it came from, because it has grown massively in the last 16 years. And also you've moved locations this year. Yeah, so um, my company runs outdoor markets and uh, we are famed for running the flea market at Eastern Market, which is now in its 38th year. Um, and we were asked 16 years ago by the Downtown Business Improvement District to create a holiday market at the time in the parking lot of the old uh, convention center. Right. Uh, that's where we started. And um, where it was a- Conrad, Where City Center is now. That's where City Center yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Now it's City Center and now it's beautiful. But at the time it was a big vacant lot and uh, it needed filling. And uh, so, um, what we're all about is providing opportunities for the small businesses and local businesses in DC and around the area. And um, we operate farmers markets and flea markets and crafts markets. And so we created the holiday market with a bid. And uh, the second year we moved to F Street on the wide sidewalk in front of the portrait gallery. Mm -hmm. That had all this foot traffic, it had the arena, it had hotels and of course the museum. Um, and so uh, it became a real hotspot and, uh, and the exhibitors were, uh, were doing very well. And so the list got longer and longer of people who wanted to come and the products got great and food came and uh, we've just grown from there. And our, uh, we went from like three weeks, now we're five, five weekends. Um, right. It's a calendar thing. So it might be six weekends uh, as soon as... Uh, we march down to, uh, we always end on December 23rd. So whenever that is, is, uh, so it's 10. just on the week. So it's just on the weekends. It's not during the week at all. No, we're, we're, we're every day though. That's we're what every I thought. Day. That's what I thought. Uh, we're, we've instituted a lot of changes this year. One thing I added was that we're closed on Mondays this year. Mm -hmm. Um, downtown's pretty quiet and right. the, even the restaurants down there are, are that, that are there are closed on Mondays. So, Mm -hmm. um, I figured that would be a safe bet to uh, give us a chance to restock and catch our breath and reorganize every week. So um, we're closed Mondays. Otherwise, we're open every day, noon to eight. We started on November 20th. We run through December 23rd. And um, it's uh, shockingly uh, and beyond all expectations been really great uh, in, in, in the way it's worked out this year. Well, so how are you uh, rolling it out given, I mean, for, first of all, you have 70 vendors. Um, you've always been super diverse in your curation. I'd like to hear a little bit about that, but I also want to hear about, you know, how you're structuring it so that both vendor and patron feel safe. Right. So um, on the sidewalk previously, it was one aisle, vendors on either side. Uh, it was cozy, but it would get oh, really crowded. It was holiday. Yeah. It was fun. It was. But really on weekend, fun. on weekends, it was it was mobbed, and that's without like a caps game or something going on. It just, you know, it it got it got pretty intense. Uh -huh. It was important for us and our exhibitor base to make this event happen this year, but there was no way to do it on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've always dreamed of taking it to the street. Um, and this year uh, was the year to do it. So we closed F Street from 7th to 9th. We have all the exhibitors down the center, back to back. Mm. And we 
barricaded the whole market. So uh, there's only one entrance, one exit. Uh, folks queue up uh, in front of the steps to the museum. They get temperature checked, they have a mask, we have sanitation. Wow. Uh, and they're walking in one direction around the market uh, in a loop. Um, and so that creates safe shopping, just like outdoor dining is safe, outdoor shopping is safe. Uh, and uh, although it's because of COVID that we have these setups, um, we've been working with the Office of Planning and the government all year long on farmers markets and how to make it work. And so this was an extension of that. Um, and so it really works better because now instead of them looking both ways and crisscrossing to see different vendors, everybody sees everybody and you just keep on walking around that loop and you can shop it and there's we we're on a big street so it's wide wide aisles it's really well, good and also i bet a lot of vendors i'm sure like annually you hear vendors who don't like their spot because they feel like <laughs> right so that's not gonna oh, happen oh, that's, oh, <laughs> i have many things to juggle that that's one of them the other is they they always have um so we, we always tried to get as many people in on a tight space so we would have rotation so they would ask for dates and we would arrange different dates so every day there was something different that was way complicated this year so uh but yeah i don't see how time sharing works <laughs> right maybe another right. year but not this year so let's talk we about simplified it it's so smart so let's talk about first of all you let's talk about sort of the artisans you you bring in so people have an idea you know not only can you go and get some great food stuffs but there's there's gifts and there's things for you like Give us a little like a walkthrough of some, and you just brought on some more. So give us a little walkthrough of, of who's there. Sure, our exhibitor base, uh, we always have some favorites uh, and they're locally based and they're uh, makers and artisans. Uh, we ha always have um, um, folks that represent different countries from around the world and uh, uh, bring handcrafts from Peru or from Ecuador, uh, Tibet and they really know these products, they've seen them made, they can speak to it. Um, so we really, and then we have our whole gift food. We have specialty chocolates and, you know, roasted nuts and, you know, everything is, uh, they, they have to apply. We accept them, you know, based on the quality of their product, quality of their display. These are small brands, but they come in with the idea of you're building a boutique and you get, you know, in your little 10 by 10 space, a chance to, you know, meet uh, new clients and expose your brand to, uh, you know, a sophisticated base in DC, really. So yeah. folks would come from around the country, folks would come from around the world, not so much this year. We really made it very local. Uh, we're really supporting uh, made in DC uh, products, uh, black owned products, minority owned brands. So uh, that's our focus this year. Um, many of our uh, most popular folks couldn't make it this year. Gave an opportunity for new folks to come in, and and I've been really uh, pleased that they, a, took the risk to come out because nobody knew what to expect, and if we were going to make it, it would get shut down, or nobody would show because the downtown's deserted, you know. Uh, but they came with their best a game, and we got some great stuff down there, that's, stuff you'll never see anywhere else. That's so exciting to hear, and we only have like two minutes left, but you also did a partnership with Art Tech House. What? Yeah, that, that, so I, mean, I know Art Tech House, but how does Art uh, Art Tech House is a gallery sort of like in person, touch me, feel me kind of art exhibit? 
how does that play at an outdoor market? So a couple of other changes were that we couldn't do live entertainment. Right. I couldn't do my canopy of lights down the aisle because I was in a street and you can't cross the street with lights. So I had to come up with other things that will make it exciting besides our great vendors. One was uh, still book all my bands, but have them do a video recording of their performance. And we put it on a jumbotron that plays every night. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other was uh, getting more lighting and more decor and working with uh, Art Tech House on a virtual reality, augmented reality. Uh, so you download their app and then you're walking around and you will see characters on your phone uh, that, that enliven your phone while you're there. So nutcrackers and snow globes and uh, Aurora Borealis, it's neat. It's a lot of fun. So there's surprises, you know, something there. They're very cool. They do really fun, interesting, uh, art-driven things. Like they're such an a, a incredible addition to the city. Yeah. I really love what they bring to the table. And I love that you've incorporated them uh, this year. So I wanna thank you, Mike, for joining me. The holiday market, like I said, is a family favorite. Tell everybody once again where they can find you online and where they can find the market. Sure. The uh... Website is uh, downtownholidaymarket.com and uh, we're at uh, 8th and F Northwest and we're 11, uh, we're 12 to 8 every day until December 23rd. Come on down and uh, enjoy yourself. It's safe shopping. Great. Mike, thank you so much. And if you haven't been down to the market before, I mean, I, you must be living under a rock. I mean, it's such a fabulous experience and I love that you can do it safely and sort of taking a page from the farmer's markets. Um, I, I do a lot of work with Mitch uh, Berliner over at Central Farm Markets and they are mm -hmm. so super safe and uh, they've made it really terrific. So uh, next up, we're gonna be talking with Anna Valero. You know her from Hook Hall. Anna, can you, uh, Anna, sorry. Uh, can you, <laughs> can you uh, join us? Thank you. So let's tell everybody a little bit about Hook Hall. Gladly. Hook Hall is, uh, I call it a community gathering space. So uh, built as an event venue, but also acts as, you know, where do you want to go with your kids at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Saturday, you know, have coffee, maybe have a glass of wine. We are a judgment-free zone here. Right. Uh, and uh, really, as I like to say, it's a place where you can celebrate milestones, big and small. And sometimes right now, the milestone is I made it through the day. <laughs> the milestone is I got out of my house. So, but let's, but Hook Hall launched when? Because I feel like you and I met like not long after it launched, like right before COVID, right? Yeah, um, really we, we opened uh, at the end of July last year, so. Okay, not far, mm -hmm. okay. So you opened up, it's this massive space, right? And it's supposed to be event driven. And then COVID happened and you turned on a dime and you really were like, okay, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna help people? Can we talk a little bit about that? Because it's still happening. Uh, most definitely. So what we realized uh, when COVID hit is uh, we had space. And so even though we were closed, we still had the ability, especially with the big roll-up doors that we have in the front of our building, mm -hmm. to do something. Um, and so we started doing... Um, you know, care kits, supply kits, and meals for out-of-work industry folks um, or folks from the industry who are in need. Um, because the reality right now is even if you are employed in the hospitality industry, that does not mean that you are not in need. Um, 
still be food insecure with a job. Very much so. And so uh, we created a program where we were uh, providing those, those meals and supply kits. We were doing daily distributions. Um, we were doing that all the way through June. Uh, we were super fortunate that the community really responded and provided um, really great financial donations to allow us to um, to allow us to remain open. And what we saw happening was that uh, with unemployment kicking in and people finally able to take care of those benefits and with restaurants and bars and hotels and such able to reopen, um, there was just slightly less of a need. And so what we really did was we uh, saved the money that we had left, knowing that it was going to be a dark winter in our industry. And so uh, we are restarting. Um, we are fortunate we just received a uh, really uh, great donation courtesy of, I want to say the AG of DC, um, worked into a settlement that DoorDash had to give some uh, a little bit of cash to uh, some local organizations. And so we just received a really nice 125K donation from them. In addition to the funds that we had kind of squirreled away. Um, and so what we are, we are restarting, but what we are doing is um, we are doing less days a week, but providing people with more meals and supplies at any one time. So especially knowing that you have a lot of cutbacks with public transit and it being hard for people to manage both their schedules and um, getting to different places. And so we are restarting, we'll start with a drop a week where people can pick up about four days worth of meals, hot nutritional meals and supplies. Um, again, the meals being provided by local area restaurants, and we are using the funds that we have received in order to pay the restaurants for those, um, helping industries stay, um, stay together. That trend, you know, I, I don't know who launched it. I know uh, Eric's doing it with Power of 10, and then uh, uh, Mark Buecher with Medium Rare is now doing something with Feed the Fridge, and then obviously Jose uh, with World Central Kitchen. But, you know, everybody sort of, when the pandemic happened, everybody sort of changed their focus and was like, oh, right, restaurants can feed people. We can get this money and we can give it to them. They can pay their staff and then food can be made for those who need it. I, I just, it, it was also obvious, but it took people, like it took, it, it just took a light bulb to make it happen. Um, so I can't tell you how grateful everybody is for the work that you've done. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, a Viking Hall. I don't even know what that means. You're going to have to walk me through it. Uh, this is Nikki Nellis. You're on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. We're going to pretend to be Vikings uh, for the holidays, so we'll be back in just a sec. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. <sighs> Serving up thought for food. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back, Nikki Nellis. Uh, we are activating your winter here on Industry Night. Yes, there is a pandemic. Yes, you need to be masked up. Yes, you need to sanitize and please social distance. But there are still ways to engage with what's happening in the DC metro area, whether it's for the holidays or just getting out of your house. So I'm talking with Anna Valera. You know her from Hakal, And she's She's going Viking. I don't even know what it means. Talk me through it. Why Vikings? What's a Viking village? Is it because of your name? <laughs> so we went Viking for a couple different reasons. Okay. I will, I will say this to you. Uh, part of the reason being that Vikings are one of the few cultures where women were allowed to be warrior leaders. Um, and so that was appealing. 
Also, you know, last year we went apres ski with the chalet, and this year I was not quite feeling apres ski. This year was just feeling a little, a little posh. Apres ski feels a little posh. I'm with you. Right? So <laughs> we're not going to Aspen. It's not happening. Exactly. No, no one's going to Aspen this year. But what we can all get behind is, you know, a little fire. We can get behind some hot alcoholic beverages. And if we're going to be outside, let's make the most of it. Right. So, so how did you set up a call to do that? Because you do have that massive outdoor space. We're super fortunate. Set it up. Yeah, we're super fortunate. So we have uh, what during the summer our cabanas are now Viking huts. Uh, we also worked with our, um, you know, and again, this is to the point of, you know, Paul was talking about how do you invest in infrastructure that's not just going to, you know, blow away tomorrow. You right. know, part of what was important for me is if I was going to invest in infrastructure also that I was in, doing in a way where I was putting dollars back into the industry. And so we partnered with um, Event Revolution, who has, uh, you know, they have a 10,000 square foot warehouse. They have people on staff where they did who could do custom fabrication work. And so I met up with Aaron, who uh, is a phenomenal leader up there. And Aaron and I had, you know, a beer or two and drew on some napkins the idea of these these huts that we wanted to create right um, that were weatherproof that would keep people safe and so we uh, and her team came in and helped build these four enclosed viking huts um that um they're really fun they're completely themed out um but again how do you make people feel safe have and meet covid restrictions but again you know how do we transport people from where they are i think all of us want to have a you know, we're all on a limited time, right? So how do we make sure that if we're gonna go out for two and a half hours, the reality anymore is no one's gonna bar bounce. We're not going from place to place. And two, we're going out with people who we're really close to because we're all staying within our bubble. And how do we make that a special experience for people where they can completely get transported from their daily life from Georgia Avenue and they're now in this Viking village? Right, well, it, not that a Viking village is normal, but I do think what, people when they do go out i think what people are looking for is something that feels like oh yeah i remember i remember going out and sitting and somebody's serving me like do you know what i mean like we're not doing that every night we're not doing it every day i mean it's just not a part of our usual so i think creating that comfort and making it fun really elevates the situation, you know? Fun, I don't know if I can get this on camera, but it is a giant Viking drinking horn. Okay, so I'm Jewish, that looks like a chauffeur, but I'll go with you, go ahead. I'm here for it, let's hear it. Fun, like, you know, how do you help people transport them into the experience? And so, uh, you know, the idea in Viking culture, drinking horns, the idea was that you were not allowed to put your horn down until it was finished. Right. Still, um, we have very nice little stands for your Viking drinking horns so that you don't have to nuzzle 32 ounces of mead at once. We have a specialty mead menu. We have some fun uh, wooden tankers. Oh, so fun. Um, you know, how do you do things that, as you're going to sit around the fire and we're all going to drink hot wine and hot toddies and such, how do you just experience a little bit of a different culture, but at the same time, do it in a way where you feel, feel safe. No, it's really whimsical. And I appreciate, um, I really appreciate it. And I, I have no doubt that when people come, 
that they really, you have no choice but to get into it. You're either in or out. You're either like, I'm here for this or I'm not, right? You're not half biking, right? <laughs> and, so, and it's been fun to see people come in and we're really encouraging people to embrace it. And so we have had people come in and we have groups come in and they're all in their their Viking horn helmets and their fur capes. And, um, you know, we have, we have fur blankets here and such for folks as well in order to keep them warm while they're outside. But, uh, yeah, we want people to get into it. I love it. All right. Um, Anna, thank you so much for joining us. The uh, Viking activation at Hook Hall sounds like something you do not want to miss. And since we all can't gather the way we normally do during the holidays, this is a nice way to sort of meet up with people, let them go sit someplace else, but you can all be in the same area and you can sort of toast with one another. Tell everybody where they can find you, please, both uh, in person and um, on social. Uh, they can find us all, uh, definitely jump online to make reservations at hookhall.com. Uh, definitely make reservations ahead of time. Um, and then you can find us, we are at the corner of Morton and Georgia Avenue at 3400 Georgia Avenue Northwest. So okay, so uh, just with us. Just want to make sure reservations are advised. Reservations are advised on the weekends, especially if you want a fire pit or a Viking hut, they are booking out in advance. So, yeah. all right, I love it. Okay, I'll be calling you soon. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, up next, I have uh, the very patient uh, Tom Frank, who has been sitting here waiting patiently for his turn to come on. Tom, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. So, you're with Street Sense, you have yes. your own podcast, you sort of do a bunch of different things, but you're going to talk with me today about uh, the MoCo Marketplace. So tell me about this rollout, what it is exactly. Absolutely. And thanks for having me, by the way. It's just you and I. It's I been... know, that was just us. That yeah. Was... You can, I, I have to tell you, it took me everything I had not to, A, pull out my Viking shot glass, because I do have one. And number two, to not ask a few questions um, as also a host of a podcast. So it's I really appreciate hard you when you host your own shows and you're on other people's shows to not take over. I Absolutely. It happens to me all the time. So I understand. Yes. Yes. But yeah, let me tell you a little bit about the MoCo marketplace. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've had the, the great pleasure to work on, on this project and Really, this thing was born from the, I mean, you're doing the same thing I'm doing right now. We're working from home and we've all been working from home for a while. And I think at the, at the beginning of this, you know, we're working from home, we're schooling from home, um, you know, we're buying uh, probably takeout from our favorite restaurants. And let's be honest, all of us have now figured out that Amazon is pretty cool and we can get anything we want in 24 to 48 hours. And I think we kind of all fell into this. Sometimes same day. I don't even understand. Sometimes same day. Yes. But I think as kind of the months have passed and we're now into a year into this, um, I, I think all of us have kind of walked out in our communities and realized, you know, our favorite local retailer on the corner is boarded up now. Our favorite restaurant has a sign that says, you know, coming back in the spring, if ever. And so I think we've all got this collective consciousness of, like, you know what, we got to figure out how to help help our community how do we how do we buy local how do we make sure that we keep these places in business because this is having a, a true impact on our, our own neighborhoods now interrupting for a second one of the things i've said on a previous show uh where we were talking with people in the real estate industry and restaurants was that how do we go from the last 15 years in the dc metro area of all this financial investment 
of, mm -hmm. of, of you know, places like Pike and Rose and, um, uh, you know, uh, the Yards and LaDroid and Bloomingdale, like all these neighborhoods that were, that were not getting any investment. Now, Ivy City, et cetera, all this investment is in there. There's restaurants, there's retail, there are residences. I mean, you can't just board them up. No, you can't. Right? And, and these retailers and these restaurants, I mean, they're the backbone of these communities. They're, they're right. why people move there. They're, they're, they create the hustle and bustle. So with that in mind, you know, we, we, we met with Montgomery County Economic De Development Corporation. I had to make sure I got that right. Um, and, you know, they really wanted to do, figure out what, what can we possibly do for our merchants? I mean, they represent all of the merchants across uh, Montgomery County mm -hmm. and we're rolling into the holidays and, all of these local businesses so much depend on, you know, November, December as, you know, their months to make their, their revenue for the year. Right. And so, you know, how do we, how do we let these, how do we let people know that these local, that local businesses are, are doing everything they can to, to make them safe, right? Because people care about two things at this point, being safe, and convenience, you know, convenience has become something that now that I'm sitting at home with Amazon packages coming every hour, um, it's, it's convenient. So that was our challenge. You know, how do we create something that is digital that can kind of, can kind of get people to, to think about buying local and then give them the opportunities and get them over that hurdle of, well, what's safe and what's convenient. So what we did is, is really we created this, this idea of a marketplace. Um, and this is something that is, is, is evolving. Um, this is just the beginning. But we wanted to do something for the holidays where we could let people know who actually really care about these local businesses, you know, who are the businesses, which, one of, which ones of them have taken the pledge to do everything they possibly can to keep you safe. They can't tell you you're not going to get COVID, but they can adhere to everything. And at least there is some assurance that they're knowledgeable about it and are doing what they can. Um, and then second, how do we, how do we be educated about what they're doing to make things more convenient? Cause they're trying, right? They're doing curbside pickup. They're doing, um, delivery. Some of them have e-commerce, but not all of them have e-commerce. And that was, well, you know, kind of the problem. It's hard. I mean, it is hard, you know, I mean, just to relate it to restaurants for just a little bit, you know, I had somebody say to me, you know, the takeout wasn't great. I was like, yeah, cause they didn't do takeout. They had to figure yeah. it out. You know, people had to. Again, so like activation was 2019, pivot is obviously 2020. Absolutely. Um, you know, people in the restaurant industry really had to sort of look at what they were serving and realize, yeah, while you came in, I could plate you a gorgeous plate of pasta carbonara, but it's going to be glue by the time it gets to your house. Yeah. So everybody had to make changes. And, you know, a, a website, retail website is expensive. Yes. A mom and pop shop cannot afford that. So our first step in that was really to create a website that in, in some ways is a directory, but, but it was a collaborative process with M MCDC, Visit Montgomery, and then the Montgomery County Food Council, who, who's behind the MoCo Made initiative. And so we created this, what we call a digital commerce platform that's trying to connect MoCo merchants with the locals who, who love them. And so um, it's, it's a pretty comprehensive list that is built in neighborhoods of shops, restaurants, makers, um, all within the, within the county. And all of these retailers have taken the pledge to, to adhere to these safety protocols. And they're also providing um, users with information. Like what is the protocol for, for curbside pickup? What are some of the deals I'm running right now? What are my hours? All of the stuff that sometimes is hard to find when you're going to individual websites. Mm -hmm. um, and then to kind of create some incentives, right? Because 
we got to get people to, to get out there. Not everybody can buy everything online, but what we tried to do was to create an incentive program. So it's what we call the holiday challenge. And so if, if you go to mocomarketplace.com, you as a consumer can take the pledge to buy local. And to do that, what we're, what we're telling you is we're going to give you this directory. We're going to give you all of this information. It's all going to come delivered on your phone. Um, it's, a, it's a simple click and it pulls up um, what's called a web app that you can now go and see all of the information of all these retailers. But what, more importantly, we're still encouraging you to go there, to go visit them, to go pick up what you want. You can call them and pick up stuff. You could um, go ahead inside. You could do, um, you know, you can order in advance, all of that. But the gamification piece is once you're there, you can check in and it's very easy. You just click a button to check in. Like and old if school Foursquare. It's old, it is, it's exactly that. It's old school Foursquare. And when you check in, we're, we're, we're counting all those checks in, check-ins. And if you get five check-ins in the month of December, we're gonna be giving away um, MoCo holiday gift cards. And they're $500 and $1,000 that you can use at any retailer, any restaurant across the county. So just another incentive to get you out there. And then once you win, to actually use that money um, back out with all of the, of the great uh, retailers and restaurants in, in Montgomery County. Well, so for people who maybe don't know about all the fabulous retailers, we have a couple minutes. Can we talk about some of the people that you, you've got on board? Because it's a pretty, like I've through, I already been through the app and I was really impressed. I mean, people like Dawson's are on there and Denison's Brewing and like Rockville, Silver Spring, Kensington. I'm in Kensington. Like, yeah. No, oh, look at that. So it's really, um, there is so much retail uh, that is, um, and restaurants that are, that is local. Yeah. Uh, and specific to Montgomery County. So um, I think for people who live here uh, in this, you know, Bethesda, even if you're in DC um, and Virginia, even if you're in Virginia. You can come uh, across, yeah. You can, you can cross the river. I mean, I do it once in a while. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot here and I love the initiative as a way to get people out. Um, I think you're right, people are not, People don't know what to do. It's hard. They don't know what to do. And so if we can get them out in a safe space, and they're not telling them to come out every day, but when you do come out, you know, go to the, some of these great places. And you're right. There's a ton of retailers on here. Um, you know, we put a big effort behind the advertising on this. So it's all over radio. It's on podcasts. It's, it's with, with all sorts of people and advertising so that we could drive not only retailers to join, because it's free for them. They can come. All we're trying to do is promote your business. Um, right. And it's also free for consumers. And we're just really trying to connect the dots. And in addition, we, we did a couple gift guides too, which are fun. Um, I, I immediately go to the food section and, and to the um, beverage section. But yeah, there's some, there's some great food up here. There's, as you said, Dawson's Market's up here. Um, we have a great picture of one of their, um, I think it's their bourbon pecan pie, which looks Absolutely fantastic. Well, I just did it because I'm doing a huge Hanukkah roundup on WTOP that they have a huge Hanukkah offering. Oh, um, okay. But so do lots of other, you know, they're between holiday gifts, your meals, um, you know, as we've been talking about this whole show, to me, if you have dollars to spend, it is absolutely necessary that you spend it as local. Spend as them here. Yeah. Local retail local um, restaurants, local markets, because if you don't want to see those buildings boarded up, it's up to us to make sure that that doesn't happen. Because yeah. I mean, what should be happening is not happening. So it's up to, it's up to the lay people to keep 
people in business. Absolutely. Um, so I really want to thank you for coming on today. I think this initiative, like I see the work, I know what it takes to put this kind of stuff together and it's massive and uh, it's a great selling point for Montgomery County and all that's out here because uh, I think some people think oh it's just the suburbs but it's really neighborhoods and uh, it's there's a lot here to uh, go and see and try and taste and buy um, and this uh, website is it an app or a website it's a it's a website it's a website but but it's all done through your phone so definitely check it out it's at mocomarketplace.com um a great tool and i hope i hope all these locals will will use it and if i could do one more shout out i do have to say to anna at hook hall um if you haven't been to hook hall you got to go down there we did an unbelievable um a thing with her you know throughout covid for a client called butterfly spirits and the I butterfly garden and she was it was awesome yeah no it was great it was a it's a great uh it's a great place and, and she's doing some great activation so she shout did. out to her yeah that's terrific and i love butterfly spirits i think what they're doing that, that packaging is phenomenal i like to hear that anyway all right well thank you so much and i want to thank you our listeners for joining us today this was your activated winter show and it's one of several because as we get through the winter there's going to be lots of ways to get out and be a part of the community, whether you're dining out, dining in, and I mean by bringing in, uh, or going shopping. There's lots of ways to help those local um, retailers and restaurants in the DC market. I do want to remind everybody, check out the list are you on com. We have everything on there that you heard on the show today. Uh, Hanukkah is coming, Feast of Seven Fishes, and Christmas Eve, you better get your acts and gear because those reservations are going fast. Same with ordering in. Uh, of course, there's Christmas Day, brunches, lunches, and dinners. And New Year's Eve is coming. You better get your plans in action. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Uh, there are light shows to be seen, and there are holiday markets to go to. And of course, you can look on your phone for everything going on in Montgomery County. So I want to thank you all again for joining me today. Uh, next week's show, we're going to be celebrating the end of the year. And I am having champagne. I am having caviar and I am having truffles and I'm going to share with you where you can get all of those. So thanks for joining me, Nikki Nellis on industry night on real fun DC. I want to remind you to wear a mask, sanitize, social distance. Remember people working in restaurants and retail are putting their lives in danger to serve you. So be kind and have a delicious week. Industry night with Nikki Nellis, real fun DC.